it's that good mic right here, man. You can hear my heartbeat. Look, I'm just playing. But look, listen. This is me rubbing my chest. Wow. This is me typing on my phone. This is me typing on my laptop. Like, wow, get a mic like me. Y'all really not seeing me on this shit. Um, I might change my podcast name like 50 times because if I didn't, it wouldn't be me. So get with it or get lost. What is going on, y'all? This is your host, Nye. And today is the first ever episode of this podcast that I'm creating. I want to name this podcast Live and Direct with Nye. I'm super bad at naming things, so that's what it is for now, and that's what it's going to be until something else changes. And if it does change, it just act like whatever. Fuck it. So I guess... I want to make this podcast for a number of reasons, but number one, I think I should introduce myself first. So again, my name is Nye. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns, or you can always just call me by my name, Nye, period. I am an artist. I am an educator, a part-time professor at Parsons the New School for Design, a four-year college in Manhattan. We out here in New York. Uh, I live in Brooklyn, Bed-Stuy Baby. Uh, I was born in uh, Southside Chicago, raised in Champaign-Urbana, and I've lived in New York. I moved to New York when I was 17. I've been here ever since, and I'm 25. I uh, have a background in photography. I got my BFA in photography. You know, I spent a lot of time doing fine art photography, portraiture. Then I merged into... uh, mixed media or like multimedia I should say multidisciplinary is even a better word I'm a multidisciplinary artist uh so the the disciplines that I started like getting into um encompass things like collaging sculpture uh uh using creative technology to make multimedia installations audio visual performances and experimenting with creative tech Uh, you know, making my own pieces of technology or expanding on softwares and hardwares to make my own stuff. So, yeah, uh, I am a part-time professor at Parsons and New School for Design. I teach in two different uh, programs. One program is the photography program. It's the BFA program. And then the other program is the design and technology program. It's also a BFA program. So I teach undergrad students. Um, it's real cute, real cool. This is my first time teaching in higher ed. I've worked with middle schoolers and high schoolers, I think elementary school before too. But this is um, really new for me. It's also just wild because I was just a student not too long ago. I just finished my master's at NYU uh, May 2021. And we're here. It's February 24th, 2022. So yeah, it's like crazy being a professor now and just having been a student. So it's, it's wild, but it's I really 
I'm enjoying it because, you know, a lot of the reason why I went back to school to get my master's was so that I could have the credentials to teach. So it kind of worked out pretty quickly, abruptly, but quickly. So I'm, I'm learning as I go. Um, yeah. So that's that on that. Um, what else haven't I said? I'm a music producer on the lowest of keys, though. Like, I do it, but it's something that, yeah, like, music was something that I was first introduced to by my mom. Um, you know, the south side of Chicago, for me, my mom kept me really connected to. That's where I learned a lot about art and culture from the Pan-Africanist movement out there, the black arts movement uh, out there. And, yeah, like, music was actually the, the first art form that I was introduced to. I grew up playing West African, uh, percussion, djembe, doom-doom, um, shaker ray, all of that. Moved into Latin jazz. Uh, even got into, you know, a lot of, um, <laughs> what is it? I can't think of it, but, you know, as a kid, I grew up doing capoeira. Brazilian martial arts, and I got into a lot of the music uh, and instruments that would be pre- played in uh, Sao Paulo, Brazil, or places like Bahia, um, and that was my that was my jam. So I I really had to convince my mom. You know, we fought about me not going to college for music. Like I I will never forget that. I feel like it was one of the things that kind of like pulled us apart from each other because. You know, she was really saying, like, you got a gift and a talent when it comes to music. You need to go to school for that. And me, I was just really drawn to visual arts. I felt like couldn't nobody teach me nothing more about music. Like, I had that naturally. But, you know, what I could stand to learn was the visual arts. So, um, yeah, that's just another little sidebar about what I do as far as music and audio production. I love all things art, culture, music, media, Long walks to the deli, love riding my bike, love making new friends and talking to people, and I love to learn, ah, love learning some shit, love discovering some shit, because damn, this world is so big, and there's so much to just know, like, just random things, I love, I love, love, love to learn. Alright, I think, I think that that's it, where I'm from, what I do. Hustler, multidisciplinary artist, professor, educator, and um, yeah, black and proud, queer, trans and proud, and I'm out here. So let's get into this show live and direct with Nine. I, yeah, naming things is hard. So what I want to talk about on this show, specifically things under the umbrella of identity. So I want to talk about blackness. I want to talk about transness. I want to talk about queerness. I also want to talk about things related to culture, black culture, or what they call pop culture. I want to talk about hip hop. And I just want to talk about the expansions of identity and just culture, how they intertwine, how they relate to one one another. I want to talk about art. I want to talk about media, things like that, but through a very black lens. So with this specific episode today, I want to start by talking about transness and understanding and talking through what it means to be trans, this conversation around transgender folks or gender expansive folks like myself 
even the word trans is just so loaded. So sometimes I have to check my internalized transphobia and be like, why does it feel so hard to bring myself to that word? But then I just think about how loaded and the stigma behind the word. Um, But this is why I think I said it earlier, like just naming things is hard for me. Naming, categorizing things feels like so complicated and complex because at the end of it all, it feels like it's for someone else. Like we got to name the things that we are. We can't just be. We can't just be. Somebody has to try to make sense of it. And that blows the fuck out of me to be for real. Like that shit is like irking. So... I guess let's get into it. Let's get into these topics. Let's get into what it means to be queer. Let's get into what it means to be trans. Let's get into what it means to be a part of uh, gender expansion or be hip to that. So my journey has been quite complex. Like I have been learning and studying a lot about trans folks. And let's let's start at pronouns. So. I want to say really quickly that I used to be like on Facebook and, you know, I'm wow. My neighbors are like turning up their music as I'm talking. Man, I just had to get up on their ass and tell them quiet that shit down. Anyway, what was I talking about? Fuck. Ah, so I was saying (laughs) if y'all hear the music in my background, it's my upstairs neighbors. This is the beauty of living in a place like New York City, right? You just can't control shit like that. But anyway, so I've been off of Facebook for a while and I still have my account up. But there are two things that strayed me away from Facebook. One being this whole conversation about the metaverse and just the direction that that's going. It is fucking weird to me. I'm not fucking with that shit. I'm just I don't I have opinions about it and I just don't think that it's going to be good for us, period. The other reason is. I just feel like Facebook is can be a really the internet in general, but Facebook is proving itself to me at least to be a really toxic place. Like I used to spend time on there really going back and forth with motherfuckers, like defending my beliefs and shit, but that shit got so draining and you know, just doing that on the internet in general, it's it can be hard to reach people and it can be hard to really get a point across because you know, it's I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's always effective. This is not to say that the people people who spend time on the internet going back and forth with folks trying to like you know educate folks should not do that i mean there are some productive conversations that do come out of having these conversations online i I do get that um but my thing is if you have the energy and the time go for it but i got to a place where it was really draining uh to be going back and forth with people online so i just i left facebook and i felt like i found more of a community on instagram because I don't know, that algorithm, I feel like you just have, or that, that platform, you just have more reach to people for whatever reason, I guess the way it's set up, but just the types of content that I would see on Facebook, it'd be like, damn, like, really? Like, this shit is wild to me. So I got off there. You got to know your triggers. You got to know, you know, until you, sometimes it's just cool to take, take breaks from social media in general, just tap out from that type of shit. But it's weird because I feel like my algorithm was showing me transphobic posts on purpose. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not any sort of coincidence. But recently I logged on just to check on something. And I, I've been seeing this, 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 this video that's been circulated. 
I think Dr. Phil did a segment with um, this dude named Matt Walsh, who's like a conservative right winger who super transphobic, you know, like, you know, if you have your own time, then just research who he is or whatever. But yeah, <laughs> Matt Walsh uh, was in debate with this non-binary person named Addison Rose, I believe their name is. Um, but they were going back and forth and debating about transness and that that conversation was super problematic it was also triggering um but that shit inspired me to like you know kind of like say what I would have what say things that I would like to say around that subject because what was interesting is there was no black people present during that conversation and although the primary conversation or primary debate was between Matt Walsh and um Addison Rose, it was like they brought other people on that were on either side. So they brought two additional people who were transphobic and had transphobic beliefs to kind of like join uh, Matt Walsh's politic. And then they brought, I believe, two other people on who were like on the side of trans rights. And it was just like, I think they had one person of color there, this trans dude, but no black person present on that. And I don't think that... Yeah, that that bothers me because, again, blackness, race, and transness, they're all linked. But I think it looks especially different for black folks. So, if you had a chance to watch that uh, episode, I think you can find it on YouTube. It's like 40 minutes long. I mean, if you're trans, I don't, I don't encourage you to watch it because, I mean, unless you're in a place where you can just, like, cut the bull, like, you can, you can remove the bullshit and be like, all right, these motherfuckers are just ignorant, then it can be pretty triggering. And I think if you are unsure about how you feel about transness in general, I do think that it could end up fueling your transphobia, even if it's unintentional, even if you don't, I, even, <laughs> even if you don't consider yourselves to be yourself to be transphobic. Um, I want to make a small point right here based off what I just said. So like, I feel like there are people that don't realize that they can be transphobic without trying just like that there are white folks that don't realize that they're being racist. How many times have we heard a white person say, I, I'm not racist, I have black friends. Or I'm not racist, my girlfriend is black and I'm white. Like, we've heard this so many times. But usually, when a person starts a conversation or, or any type of sentence with, I don't uh, dislike black people, but as a black person, you know. You're, you're, you're like, you know, to anticipate something problematic is about to be said, you know, that some, some racist shit is about to follow that, that entire sentence. So I think when you do that and you're not trans or you're not gay or queer and you say, I ain't got no problem with gay people, but I ain't got no problem with trans people, but you are about to say something that is either homophobic or transphobic. And you may not even intend to do that. I would like to think that a lot of people are unconsciously saying shit like this because, you know, we've learned as a people to be transphobic, even myself, you know, like just deeply rooted transphobia, even rooted, deeply rooted homophobia. And I'm black. So there's uh, internalized anti-blackness. We all have to spend time unlearning and decolonizing our minds. That's just period. But my thing is, you don't have to deny that shit, like own it own that you have work to do because that's how you can fix it but you have to what do, what do they say the first step is admitting <laughs> the first thing to do is admit that like 
you have some different beliefs and they could be problematic or they could be harmful to some. So I want to talk about two things now, the Matt Walsh thing. So if and when you watch that, Matt Walsh begins his argument by saying the binary is the binary. There's no way to defy that. That's a fact. Then he goes on to say, uh, also, pause. If there's any words that I'm using that you, I want to make this accessible. So if, if, if you as a listener are trying to understand certain words, like what does binary mean? What does cis mean? What does, uh, you know, hetero mean? Just pause and Google if I don't explain right away. Um, but yeah, so really quickly, non-binary is a person that does not identify as man or woman. They have a different relationship to their own gender. They name it for themselves, but they don't go by, they may not go by he or she, or, you know, they may use they, them pronouns. Uh, they just don't align with what it means to be either. Um, so anyway, Matt Walsh is saying, yeah, the binary is a fact. You have male and female. That's what he said. Uh, or man and woman, male and female. And immediately I'm just like, you know what? I already knew this motherfucker was dumb, but just furthering the stupidity because he was he was loud and wrong. Male and female, that's all that exists. You mean to tell me you don't know that there are intersex people? Meaning that there are people who have either a combination of male and female traits. So for those of y'all that don't know, intersex people totally normal totally like a a a variation of human life you know we have males we have females we have intersex folks intersex folks can be folks born with uh both a vagina and a penis they can be this is not like a medical condition there's nothing wrong this is a variation of human life so there could be a, a vagina and a penis or there could be um, an array of chromosomes, like there could be X and Y, or uh, XXY, I think they say. It could be internal organs, like you could have different internal organs or a combination of internal organs. So this motherfucker just right off the bat erases, in typical white supremacist fashion, erases uh, intersex people from the conversation. So if we as a culture and as a society understood intersex folks more, we wouldn't even start a conversation with, nah, the binary is what it is because it's only man and woman. That's that is simply not a fact. But a lot of people were on his side saying, man, this dude is speaking nothing but facts. How? He started off with a lie. He started off with something that was untrue. So that's number one. Then he goes on and says, you know, you don't get your own pronouns, you know, and he tries to invalidate pronouns. And it's like, dude, what is actually so hard about calling somebody what they prefer? You know, you actually don't know what anybody has in between their legs. And also the difference between sex and gender and sexuality even, it's it's different. So the way I was explained just for those who want to understand what I learned in community is sexuality is who you go to bed with gender is who you go to bed as so the person that you are at night when you're alone even your most authentic self think about it like that who you are when no one's watching which 
ideally, if you're not judging yourself and you're not repressing yourself, you're your most authentic form. So you go to bed as who you are. That's your gender. You sleep with what you're attracted to. That's your sexuality. Now, your sex, the, the, the anatomy, the makeup, the physical makeup of what you may have, like genitalia between your legs, that does not determine gender. That does not determine gender. That is not a fact. Gender is totally up to you to create, just like people in the world created it, a.k.a. white folks who erased the the whole gender expansive side of things, you know. So this is the part where I'm going to get into how blackness and race uh, go hand in hand with transness, just historically. So trans folks have always been around. This is not anything new. I think people think it's new because there are more people that are starting to say, fuck y'all, I'm going to be out. But it's not like there's just a wave and all of a sudden trans people are here. No, all of a sudden trans people are ready to say, this is fucked up. We don't have to stay hidden. We've, we've been here, though. We have our younger generations who are actually encouraging and fueling the older generations to, to be out and queer. And that's the same thing that happened for gay folks. There are older gay folks who you know, grew up in a really, really strict generation and time where they didn't feel like they could be out. And now queer folks, I mean, excuse me, trans folks, same thing. You know, I'm 25 and like I'm just now stepping into my gender experience and my transness. And I'm looking at 18 year olds who have, who understand that that is what it is. Like they, it with every generation, the idea is that things progress and it becomes a safer place. For example, as it relates to blackness, I'm pretty sure like our ancestors, if you're black, in 1960 they had no I'm pretty sure they didn't imagine they would that black folks like us would be in places that we are. They dreamt as as the saying goes, I am my ancestors wildest dream. And that's that that phrase for black folks means so much because black folks, you know, the shit we were seeing 100 years ago versus what we're seeing now crazy i'm sure they didn't imagine it and i'm sure that they're super happy for us so you got to think about it in the same context as queerness there were black queer people back then who just were trying to survive being black hell no they're not about to throw another marginalization onto themselves they wouldn't come out as queer they wouldn't come out as trans but we've been around that's the point that i'm trying to make we've been around there are so many cultures where being trans is actually that's just (laughs) Like, it's understood. It's understood that the binary is not a thing. Like, for example, out of West Africa or two-spirited folks, indigenous folks who understand that the binary is not, that's not something that they practice. But then you had white folks, European colonizers who came along and saw people that were living different lifestyles than them. They saw different tribes. They saw tribes that did not look like them and they othered them. They, They killed them off and started naming things. White folks historically have been the the ones with power and control. They have the ability to define. They have the ability to name things. And so back to this Matt Walsh, Matt Walsh character. What's ironic about him is that he referred to uh Addison Rose, the the non-binary person he was in, you know, debating with. He tells them uh <laughs> you you're delusional. Uh, I think I think trans folks are delusional and mentally ill. Wow. 
one, that's wild to me because what's delusional is white folks, again, the link between race and transness and just naming things, defining things, white and European colonizers, y'all went to this place, aka America, y'all went to where you saw people occupying this space, you saw indigenous folks, you saw native folks to this land, Y'all come over here, you kill off the native folks, just eradicate them. It's like coming in somebody's house, telling them, get the fuck off, get, get up off your couch, get up off your bed, run me your shoes, run me all the food in your fridge, all that shit is mine. You kill them off, then you rename the country that they already had rights to and ties to and everything was, was already theirs. You killed them off and go rename, you, you renamed it. That's not delusion. Starting a whole new country off the backs of people that already founded the place. Like, that doesn't show you how the power that <laughs> the colonized mind and colonized colonizers themselves that they have. They convinced us that they owned this place, that they built this place. They dragged us during the transatlantic slave trade over to this country out of West Africa put us here to build this country that's not delusion like calling it theirs giving black folks no payment and and still succeeding at white supremacy that's not delusion so you're gonna tell somebody they can't rename themselves or go by a name that they prefer but you can literally wipe out a country and rename it the united states of america that's not delusion to you all right bro so that's another thing. It's like even this debate coming from a white man himself. We really about to sit up here and clap it up for for the white man? Really? Y'all going to let him speak for us? You know, it's even more wild because black folks, we understand what it's like to be enslaved. We understand what it's like to be confined, to not be free, to not be able to have rights to our own bodies, to not be able to move them how we want to, to not be able to do all types of things. So it just baffles me when we look at trans folks, especially black trans folks or black queer and gay folks and go, no, you shouldn't be doing that. A lot of it is indoctrination. I know a lot of us are religious. I know a lot of us have ties to, to communities and religions that have convinced us that people who are not living right under the eyes of God, you know, they're, they're doing wrong, essentially, or they're ill. All, all these types of things, right? Like, we, we are literally taught that. So it does take a lot of decolonizing the mind and understanding that queerness and gender, they are not to be, they're not something necessarily to be controlled at all. Like, so back to my main point about how trans folks and queer folks have been here. This isn't actually nothing new. You're just starting to see we're, we're becoming more visible. And that's the problem that y'all have. It's also ironically the problem white folks had when they started seeing black people on television, black people in film, black people in music and entertainment. So there's a pattern. If you get what I'm saying, we we are resistant to change. We're also looking at things through a very white lens, which is black folks at, at we should not be fucking doing that. Like we yeah, we we got so much unlearning to do. The last thing that we should be doing is as black people 
uh, learning through the world and what it should be and what it what it should look like through a white person's eyes. That's just period. We don't need to do that. It's unnecessary. <laughs> it's fucking unnecessary. Um, so yeah, that's that on that. Um, as far as pronouns, dude, it's like yeah, every everybody has all already had them. Um, just respect people by what they want to be called. Is it's really none of your business. Also, what people don't realize is that not every gender non-conforming person, meaning people that don't even feel like they, yeah, they want to be a part of that whole, you know, uh, concept, not every gender non-conforming person or trans person can medically transition, meaning not every trans person will or, or wants to uh, physically change their appearance. There's a such thing as social transitioning or socially transitioning. So that could look like maybe there's a trans person, somebody who was born or assigned, excuse me, somebody who was assigned female at birth. You know, maybe they, maybe this person was assigned female at birth. You know, they look cis, they pass air quotes as a woman, they got breasts, uh, you know, feminine facial structure, whatever, you render them as she, her, or you render them as a woman. Maybe on the inside, they really feel masculine. They don't align with what it means to be a a woman. And so they also don't want to change their physical appearance. Maybe they, they, maybe they can't afford or don't have the privilege to go on hormone therapy. Maybe they just can't do that or they don't want to. That does not invalidate them from being trans. You don't have to physically transition to be trans. So not everybody either wants to or has the privilege to do so. It is expensive in some cases. Not everybody's insurance covers that. But if you think about it, why people even feel the need to, that opens up a whole new conversation. So I guess I'll go into that. Why do people feel like they have to change? I mean, if y'all are telling people what it means to be a man and a woman, then like causing that distress, people are going to either uh, adapt to that or just reject it altogether. Or in some cases, in a lot of cases, commit suicide. So think about it like this, especially for children. You're a little boy and you, you, you're maybe five years old or you, let's say you have a kid that's a little boy, five, three, four, five years old. Your boy wants to play with dolls. He wants to play in makeup. He wants to do things that are typically associated with being uh, a girl or or having girly. I'm using air quotes. I wish y'all could see me. Or having girly um, things that they like. So right away, we have a parent who maybe is transphobic, but maybe it's unintentional. Because a lot of the times, parents be transphobic because they have a fear of what other parents will say or how their kid will be mistreated judged and treated in the world you know that was my mom's case like I realized that a lot of her her worry and the way that she would treat my queerness came out of I don't want people in the world to fuck with you but you have some parents who are just straight up transphobic straight up homophobic they don't want gay sons shit like that I know I know a lot of folks like that but the thing is children just psychologically speaking they are wired to receive to want to receive and and survive off of the love and affection of their parents children 
are just, they naturally want to be loved by their parents. They will do just about anything to receive love and care for from their parents. So if you tell your son uh, who's interested in playing with dolls and makeup, no, you don't do that. That's not what little boys do. And you beat them. They will stop doing that in front of you. Maybe they'll stop doing it all together out of fear. But what they are doing is shutting down a part of themselves for you to approve so that you approve and validate them so that you do not remove love. They don't want to be threatened in that way. They don't want the lack uh, of love to threaten you guys' relationship. So they'll cut it off. Then this is what leads to what y'all call down low culture or, or folks being stuck in the closet. Because they learn very early that it is not okay to be their most authentic self. And, you know, in some cases, they never saw other boys playing with dolls. Maybe that was just their natural uh, liking. Because it is, y'all got to remember, the word natural is thrown around so much. But not in regards to literal, like the, the aspects of nature. It is human nature it is science and it is psychology queerness is real homosexuality (laughs) that term air quotes again that is found in so many species it is not uh not not exclusive to humans meaning humans are just scientifically speaking uh homosexual people or queer people i would i would prefer to say this is nothing new but you know things like Religion and whiteness convince us otherwise, convince us that it's unnatural, ungodly, all these things, right? But like we have, we have studies to show how real, you know, how real it is. Um, So your kid could just be, you know, trans or queer based on their likings, based on their chromosomes. They could be intersex. They may not have both genitalia because, again, remember I said earlier about intersex people, not not every intersex person is born with both genitals. It could be something that's invisible, meaning you you cannot see that. It could be a chromosome thing. It could be uh, an internal organ thing. So you when you factor that out, you you're you're missing out on understanding the potentials of who your child could grow up to be. You know, even as adults, I love the show uh, Pose that came on. Um, I think it was on Netflix, man, because I love how it talked about. I think it was my girl Candy who was like, uh, I think it was her who was like, you know, we're all doing drag. We are all dressing up as somebody else, as another persona. And I liked it because it's like, wow, that's so true. I know so many dudes back home who want to be gangbangers, who want to be hard, who want to be street, who want to be hood. But they just not built like that. But they feel like that's that's the persona they need to put on to survive in the world. So they're playing that's drag right there they may not be drag queens but they're dressing up as somebody a lot of it has to do with the judgment the shame the guilt that we feel like we will receive if we are being our true selves so we learn as early as children what is acceptable as a means to survive we know that if we want to show up to school and not get picked on we need to show up fresh as hell we need to have our parents invested in our clothing. We need to be up on the latest shows. We need to fit in. We need to do anything but become a vulnerable target, a susceptible, like some a target that is susceptible to uh, being shamed, being teased, being bullied, all of that. So we cut it off. But then you have some people who are self-sufficient or 
learned at a very young age, you know what, I'm going to do me. I've already been rejected. I've already been neglected by my parents. I'm, I'm coming out. You know what I'm saying? Like this, this is my life. This is what it is. So you have some people that just straight up don't care. On the other hand, you have people that live the rest of their life repressed. Do you know what that does? Shit like that, again, leads to either suicide or uh, drug abuse or, you know, just other shit. But it can look really bad for folks to try to live a controlled life. You're not supposed to. This In this big-ass world, <laughs> in, in this big-ass age, you're supposed to confine yourself like it's... You're hurting yourself. You're 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 killing yourself slowly, um, but this is what we are taught to do to survive. So what I love and appreciate about trans people is that they know the truth. They know that we are expansive as people. It's so crazy because people talk about download people, but they don't talk about the why, like why it exists. I mean, they don't talk about how and why sexuality is a spectrum. How like you know. <laughs> There are a lot of people that actually are not straight. I, I would even argue and say most people are not straight. I, I straight up would I would really say that. Also, the the to get back to the point that I was trying to make, it would be not normal or abnormal if I was a cis woman. It would be weird if I did things like play football, or it would be weird if I did things that aren't associated with what it means to be a woman. So the world is telling us, you know, white people have told us this is what it means to be a woman. You must do this, this, this and this. We know so many women that don't like to wear heels. We know so many women that don't like to wear skirts, but they feel like they have to. Then you have in some cases where women feel less than women when they can't reproduce. There are cis straight women out there in relationships with men like straight relationships with men who cannot reproduce and have babies they feel less than a woman why why do they feel like that I don't know is it because y'all tell women that they have to do this 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 and that to to meet the criteria of being a woman so y'all set these confines and then when people just start creating their own because they feel left out you judge them but the truth is nobody there, there's there there are few people that really can align with what it means to be a man or a woman. What we do is perform masculinity or we perform femininity. There are so many guys I know that go out into the world and try to be men, but they are doing what they've been shown. There are not too many representations of men uh, just being who they want to be. You know, we we got folks like Dennis Rodman, I fucking love Dennis Rodman. He was out here, you know, dressed in drag, still taking niggas bitches, excuse me, you know, like, still sleeping with your woman in a dress. He was gender queer. He was gender fluid in my eyes. And I fucked with that because I'm like, wow, this is, you're naming who you want to be. Transness is so powerful because you're literally saying, fuck the status quo. I can do what I want with my body. That's one of the most powerful and liberating things that you can do, especially as a black person, because black people, like I said, we've been confined. We've been controlled. So to be able to sit there and be like, you know what? Actually, on some real shit, I know it's a lot of y'all that don't even identify with what it means to be a man. 
I know it's a lot of y'all that don't even know how to do simple shit as a man. Like, I don't know, fucking change the tire on a car. That's what they say men should know how to do. But I know mad niggas that actually don't know how to change a tire on a car. So is are they less of a man now? So these gender roles, they do have to be questioned. Even down to men are supposed to be the providers. A lot of niggas can't pay their own phone bill. So are they not a man? Are they trans in that case? So this is why people feel the need to change because they want to, uh, a lot of the times it's really rooted in feeling comfortable in their own skin. It's not changing because the, the world, it's not, it's not actually their dysphoria. It's the dysphoria of the world. This is something, a concept that I was taught in therapy. The world causes this dysphoria. It's the world's dysphoria. Because if the world didn't tell people who to be, everybody could just be themselves and concepts like transness wouldn't even exist. But transness exists to stay to say, in my eyes, fuck the status quo. I hope that makes sense. So to break that down one more time, transness is a thing because there are people who tell us that we have to be this way. And when we are not that way, we say, no, I don't identify with that. So I guess that makes me trans or I guess that makes me other I guess that makes me not normal, air quotes, or not a part of the status quo. That in itself is problematic because, again, we wouldn't have to change if people would just let us be who the fuck we want from jump anyway, period. So when you see people doing things like changing their clothes to fit what they feel most comfortable as, or taking hormones or supplements, whatever, uh, to to feel their most authentic self. That just is what it is. Like let let people do what they want with their bodies. And as far as gender affirming surgeries, straight cis people get them the most. BBLs, that's gender affirming. If if a woman, a cis woman, wants a BBL to feel more like a woman, that's gender affirming surgery. So if a trans man wants a top surgery or a chest masculinization surgery, that's gender affirming surgery. If a, if a, a woman wants a, a facelift or, I don't know, a tummy tuck for whatever reason, that can be an affirming surgery. So we all participate in it. We all change parts about ourselves. Shit, we all used to perm our hair at one, per, one point and didn't know how dangerous it was, but we like the point that I'm trying to make is we all we all alter things to feel a little bit better in our bodies about being in the, in this world where we're constantly ridiculed and judged and criticized. So like have some grace when it comes to other folks' identities for real for real. Just can y'all do that? <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Matt Walsh thing was so interesting because it's just like wow. We are letting another white man, first, not only a a white person, but then a man dominate a space, using his voice to dominate and tell people that they're wrong about living in in an identity that fits themselves. So sometimes I guess it can be awkward to understand pronouns and even to remember them. But I feel like you don't ever want to be that person that's not hip with the times. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, there are, you know, I go to the barbershop. It's always barbershop banter. I, I fucks with my barber a lot. Uh, I think she goes by she, her, but they're queer, a, a masculine person. Um, 
and you know, it's a lot of the the barbershop is obviously a male dominant space. So it's a lot of wild shit that be said in there. But when you are a masculine person, even if you're not uh, a cis male, you still kind of get to hear some of the shit that, that that's said in those types of spaces. And so, you know, just the other day I was in there and we were talking about um, uh, sex work. And, you know, it's this old head in there and he refers to sex work as prostitution. And, you know, like, we, the younger folks don't, don't say prostitution anymore. I mean, like, I, I don't really know. I know people still say prostitution, but for the most part, I feel like the more politically aware folks that I know say sex work because they understand, like, this is, prostitution has a connotation with it. But sex work affirms and validates that there are uh, women men, trans folks, non-binary folks that use um, uh, sex work as a means of survival, as a means of making money, making bread. Like, (laughs) it's, it's really that simple. But prostitution, that word is like, it's politically charged and it's a loaded word because it, it, it makes it seem like, you know, uh, oh, she's out there on the streets. Like, prostitution has a different connotation as opposed to somebody who has a service, an entrepreneur, who has something to sell, who's providing a service. Um, and then the misogyny that's rooted in that word, prostitution, it, it kind of like puts this, this like, I don't know how to explain it, but yeah, just the term prostitution, it shits on the work of that these uh, sex workers do. I mean, because, man, y'all fucking buying it. That's the thing. Y'all damn sure invested in it. It's something that has made money for long, long periods of time because y'all definitely invest. Um, and y'all, you, how you, how can you sit back and shame and judge something that you partake in? Similar to trans porn. How the fuck is it that we are such a transphobic country, the United States of America, And just in general, we're just such a a transphobic world. But transgender porn is like like the what the most highly viewed type of porn category that that there is. So you niggas know what the fuck is up. Why y'all playing like that? Anyway, that's just that on that. Uh, It's pretty late right now. It's 945 at night. Uh, I just got done teaching a class. Woke up early this morning, went to the gym, had a therapy session. I'm pretty burnt out, so I don't want to be blabbering. I also want to make time to um, create a portion on this show. You know, it's my first episode, so I'm learning as I go. But I want to take time on this show to uh, make a, um, god damn, what is it called? A segment where y'all write in questions or comments and I can respond to them. I also want to get to a point where I'm like co-hosting this you know, with different guests over time. So it's just not me talking and rambling, but I feel like for the sake of this being my first episode, I just needed to come in strong and just say what's first on my mind and then hoping that this can grow organically and that I could teach folks and learn from folks and we can like have a collective experience together um, just by y'all listening. So I hope y'all like this content. I hope y'all fuck with it. 
I hope y'all learned something from it and I hope y'all ask questions if y'all don't. I want to create as a safe space as possible because it does make sense why people don't understand transness and like the newness of it, not the newness of like as if trans people are new, but the newer conversations around it. I do get that. I would like to think like I said that some of the ignorant comments that are made are just like yeah, y'all y'all don't have enough uh information but i i guess i challenge y'all to yeah do some more uh i guess like looking up stuff up like look up how out of west africa you know there were gay and bisexual kings and rulers um you know shit out of egypt the different the the uh pharaohs uh hatshepsut um you know the duality of masculine and feminine energies existing in people because we all have them both some of us just tend to express one over the other some of us are fluid and we may change every day some of us may want to put on a skirt one day some of us may want to put on a fucking um dickies one piece the next and there should be nothing wrong with that what we really should do is just respect accept people and mind our motherfucking business and move on um but yeah uh (laughs) yeah this was fun but for now this is it this is the first official episode of live and direct with nine your host nine <laughs> let me say that again this is the first official episode of live and direct with nine i am your host nine nine like bill nye the science guy like trill not the science guy like ill not the science guy like yeah get your mind right so um i'm checking out now and uh i'll see y'all next time peace out